airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll try to get around to some phone calls in the next segment. I'm pausing because all of a sudden I feel like I can't hear in my headphones. Really? But, you, you know, me? if there's going to, I can hear you. Okay. Yes. Um, huh. It's weird to describe what's going on. Anyway, but of course, if there's something like that, that's going to need to happen. It needs to happen right now. <laughs> like at, right at this point. Because there's no other time really. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> that that can happen so anyways uh it's just one of those <laughs> crazy. one of those things where you hear like a little crackle mm-hmm. and then you go wait what what just okay here we go anyway welcome welcome thank you so much for listening we appreciate it uh we'll try to get around to some phone calls in the last segment in the second segment pastor joseph parker joins us and we're going to discuss two books that he has out um right now and really have a conversation around uh, a couple things the Uh, issue of defending and protecting life Mm -hmm. and saying the same thing that the word of God says about life, Mm -hmm. which I think is a great way for us to kind of um, follow up on the conversation we had yesterday. Yes. um, Where, you know, (laughs) you have, you have somebody um, creating these um, sort of false choices, right? Either you care about um, the late Tamir Rice or you care about babies. You know what I mean? Like you, you know, I mean, that's a false choice. You don't, you know, However, uh, when people lean in a certain direction, they will do whatever it takes to defend that position. You know, even if it does not um, come out as congruently as they would think or hope that it comes out, you know. So Mm -hmm. anyways, we'll talk about that with Pastor Joseph. But then we'll also talk about intercession. We'll talk about prayer and talk about the word of God. And even as we prepare for this, there are just a couple questions um, that I wanted to begin that discussion um, with you on mm-hmm. um, because I, I wonder why there is almost sort of a, I don't know, mystical feel. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not the best word, but okay. there tends to be this uh, mystical feel that comes along with um, prayer and with intercession and even the application of the word of God. Um, and I'm wondering if you've explored that observed it and what Hmm. your thoughts are on that so when you say mystical feel what are you meaning by that like yeah so what here's here's what i think sometimes it appears to be Mm -hmm. when if if a group of people are standing in in a room yes right and there is a presentation of a problem okay the person who says we ought to pray about this Mm -hmm. will either receive a look that says a couple different things or there's some options because it depends on who's who's in the room right okay okay so so one of the looks could be oh great okay mm-hmm. yeah here's here's the prayer guy right <laughs> yeah okay right another one of the looks could be 
Oh, but that's not doing anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's it's it's the look of like, oh, yeah. what are we going to do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. and then if you want to go for the third possible look, the third possible look is, um, OK, that's the that's the supernatural person. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, here we go. That's that's OK. Great. That's the one who's like, well, there's a scripture for that. OK, OK. Right. Like there's yeah. there's there's three and there and somebody listening may say, well, there's a there's some other looks that I've gotten. Can I describe them for you? Like, and, you know, and hopefully mean, so, one know. of those looks would be, you know, man, you're right. I didn't yes. think about okay, it. So Let's four. pray. So exactly. That's good. That's <laughs> you know, because I think that happens as well. Like sometimes we are so geared toward what we can do or what are uh, not even knowing what to do when a, when something is presented mm-hmm. that our minds don't re- don't readily go towards. Let us come together and pray. And yes. that's a, I think that's an indictment on on us and where we put our trust a lot of times. I, I, I think um, if we really and I said this before, we really believe that prayer is what the Bible says it is and what God says prayer is and mm-hmm. all the stories we read about intercession and, you know, when Moses interceded and God relented about destroying the, the children of Israel and all these different things we would. And I think Pastor Joseph, when he comes on, he would agree we would pray a whole lot more yeah. if we really believed it. And I, and I, I wonder if it's, if it's not a heart condition of or an unbelief mm-hmm. condition, you know, that yeah. we don't pray or when prayer is brought up, it's like, oh, but we're really not doing anything. Do you think you know? there is do you think there is a doubt that um, maybe the thing for which you're praying at that moment? Do you think that there is a question um, as to whether or not people believe that God cares about those could things, be. you know, that, yeah, um, that, that could be things that we feel like, oh, man, you know, he, we can take care of God's not, you know. And I think some, the, the way that we live sometimes, the way even the way things are set up, we can go to something else before we can pray. And mm-hmm. so I think we're prone to do Ugh. that. You know, yeah. we can go to the medicine cabinet before we pray. Yeah, you know, I think we should yeah. pray and we can u- utilize the medicine cabinet as sure. well. But see, it, our first inclination should be, man, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm going to pray about this. And, you know, you, there may not be a need to go to the medicine cabinet, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think we because that's so easy for us to do and, and we feel like we're doing something and, hey, it's right there. You know, we would quickly do that instead of like reaching out to God. And I think sometimes, you know, that's just a reflection of our, our hearts. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, if that's something that has to be practiced, like if, Mm. you know, as Christians, um, maybe that's a part of the flesh dying, you know, that Mm. we don't um, depend on ourselves or depend on our own ability. I will say this. I and I I know this to be true in, in my own personal life. I have had the experience that with the increase of access to information, mm-hmm. my first inclination is to go mm. to where I know I can find, quote unquote, the answers. Yeah. Right. Versus even just when Mariah was a baby, I think mm-hmm. back to that, you know, um, coming across something that was difficult for me to understand, difficult for me to process uh, and my first inclination, because this, you know, you didn't have the access to all of the information that you have now. Mm-hmm. My first inclination was, Lord, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, teach mm-hmm. me what that means. Mm-hmm. Rather than now having at your fingertips theologians and people who have written and explored yeah. topics where you can just say, oh, OK, well, theologian so-and-so said yeah. this. And, the- and, and then 
and which there's nothing wrong right. with you know theologians who are sound right, right 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 but i think it's something that we have lost because we have access to yeah. so much it's yeah. it's not only the medicine cabinet but it is also the i would say the richness and the depth of god's word yeah. that we don't um for lack of a better word we don't wrestle with like lord what are you saying what is what does this mean mm. and and i don't know if we think we're not going to answer because i i can tell you that in my own life i've had times where I've come across um, a difficult passage and I have uh, prayed and asked the Lord to help Mm -hmm. me to understand that. Mm -hmm. And the Lord will either send someone or as I continue reading, I come across another passage that helps that passage Mm -hmm. make sense. Mm -hmm. Or I have like had dreams where there was clarity of what the scriptures meant. And it's hard. That's that's and that's another something that sounds mystical. So I'll stay away from that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But where you where you're like, you know, the Lord Mm -hmm. has responded to your humble cry for his help. Yeah, and I, I think that is something that would be a struggle, you know, of even thinking, like, what, can I do that? And will the Lord really, you know, answer me and show me what I'm what I'm asking for? I think it's easier to, and it's lazy of us to go to just the book and say, I can get the answers. You know, I, I think sometimes when the Lord is, is putting something on our heart and he want, he's wanting us to come to him for the answers— you know, it's, it's an easier thing to go to find somebody else who has written something on it and, you yeah. know, and go Google something or whatever, instead of asking the Lord to show you what, what this means. And I think that's also I think that's that's problematic because he does give those gifts to the body where people have researched and studied and they know the, the language and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, God desires to speak to us, you know, on a daily basis through his word as yeah. his people. And yeah. we can't get away from that. And and, and I, I honestly think that when we cultivate a life where we turn to the word of God, even to help us understand the word of God, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I know that sounds like it's kind of circular, but it's just true. The Bible interprets itself and, and the word of God is written in such a way that the Lord is, excuse the expression, at the ready to respond to us. You yeah. know what I mean? That yeah. we, we can have the answers to our questions. And I wonder if by practicing this you know by trusting the lord that one he's he's going to answer that he hears us that you know and and this is one of those things where and not that there are any easy prayers mm-hmm. right but this is one of those things where for me i say um i cannot imagine that god does not want me to rightly divide the scriptures mm-hmm. so i'm confident that when i go to him in prayer and I ask him to show me this or to teach me or to help me to understand. I am confident that the Lord wants to do that. Mm. But there are some prayers that I pray and I'm not confident that the Lord wants to answer in the way that I'm praying. Mm. Right. Do you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. so, so that causes this feeling of like, okay, I should ask the Lord to help me to pray rightly. Yeah. Cause I, I don't want to presume to know that this is what God wants except mm. for the things that I know God has communicated that he wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wants us to know the truth. He wants us to rightly divide the word. Yeah. So I feel quite confident to pray, asking the Lord to teach me and to show me because I know that's what God wants yeah. based on the word. Does yeah. That, do you see no. what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm wondering if there are other things that when we go to God in prayer or when we give ourselves to intercession, standing in the gap for one another, if maybe sometimes our prayers are, um, we kind of we are hesitant because we're not sure 
that we should pray with that type of certainty mm. because we don't know what God wants. You know what I mean? Yeah, it could, and it could be. Yeah. We can ask Pastor Joseph about this when he joins us. Yes. I just, I, I know I have friends and family mm-hmm. where this is the question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we know that when we are praying, we are praying in accordance with the will of God? You know, because you don't, well, you, go ahead. And I know one, one way that we know for sure is that is when we're praying scripture, mm-hmm. you know, when we're praying God's word, I believe yeah. that we are praying, <laughs> you know, what what he has said, you know, like, and, and so I think that's one way, but I know that there are other things that come up in our lives that we, you know, have situations or things we want to pray about. We don't know if it's God's will. I think it, it goes back to our hearts mm-hmm. lining up with his heart, you know, and our will submitting to his will. And I think we'll be able to pray accurately when our will is submitted to his will, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, that, that could be a tricky thing, but I, I know one thing that God does not want us not, he, he don't want us not to pray. You know, he, he desires that we will seek him. And I mm-hmm. think he's acquainted with our weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. He, you know, so even in that state, I, you know, we could pray, Lord, help me to know your will. You yeah. know, help me, yeah. to, help my will to submit to yours, Lord. This is what I, I desire. This is what I feel like I need to pray for, but help me. You know, I think we have to be that transparent, you know, and, and I feel like we have to have, it all right, you know? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about just even as you're talking, one of the things that I think we are hesitant to do is to ask the Lord to even show us how to pray, mm-hmm. to, to teach us how to pray. And the Holy Spirit um, will help us. And the Holy Spirit <laughs> will lead us, guide us and help us in mm-hmm. these ways. And, and even, and this is one of the things I want to focus on with Pastor Joseph when he joins us, um, the application of scripture to our daily, our daily lives, mm-hmm. but also the use of scripture yes. um, in prayer. Yes. Um, man, the word of God is powerful. You, you think about uh, what the apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, um, Romans chapter 15, verse four, mm-hmm. for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That's right. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, mm-hmm. we might have hope. Amen. Amen. That's huge. Like, I mean, when you think about that, there's no time for us to sort of just, you know, yeah, to pray these prayers that have all of these holes in them where we just don't know what the word of God has said on on issues. Yeah. Right. There are some things where we can go. The word of God has spoken clearly on Amen. this. Amen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm looking forward to this discussion. It's always an encouragement and a challenge. Um, if I can just be transparent. So we'll be right back. Aaron, the Addison's on American family radio, pastor Joseph Parker joins us. You stay right there. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. Mm-hmm. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Donnie McClurkin and Yolanda Adams, The Prayer. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and Pastor Joseph Parker is in studio, and we are going to talk 
standing boldly for life. And we're going to talk about intercession and prayer. And so Mm -hmm. um, I'm really excited about this. Really looking forward to it. Pastor Joseph, thank you for joining us. Great to be with you all today. So let's mm-hmm. just kind of <laughs> let's just kind of jump right in. Well, mm-hmm. actually, let me let me ask you this before we jump right in. Mm-hmm. Should we should we begin talking about um, the church's call to stand boldly for life and then uh, wrap up talking about intercession? Do you uh, have a preference? I think that would be good. OK. Be All right. Well, then let's talk about the book. Um, God calls the church to stand boldly for life. This is a resource that is available um, to our supporters on the AFA stores website. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get to the end. But um, this collection is um, a clarion call to the church to stand up mm-hmm. and give a biblical defense for um, basically defending life. Tell us a little bit more about it. Well, you know, again, Will and Mickey appreciate the opportunity to be on the broadcast and share about the message of the book. Um, It is, as you just alluded to, a compilation of articles I've written over a period of a few years in addressing the life issue. And one of the realities with the pro-life cause is this, that I think for many believers, they think, well, yeah, I'm pro-life and I go to a pro-life church and I stand for life. But the reality is there's such a need for believers to seek to grow, to have God's heart on this issue. The reality is this, for example, you can find a church that has an event during January in the course of a year and they say, well, yeah, we have once a year we have a Sanctity of Life Human Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so our church celebrates that. Well, to see the devil tries to kill babies 365 days a year. Mm. So the reality is this. You should ask the question, who seems to be more committed to their cause? Mm. Well, so there is a need for the church to recognize that we need to repent for being so apathetic with the life issue. There's so much more that the church as a whole is called to do, we individually and collectively. So the book is, the blogs are a compilation of blogs that go in different directions that challenges individual believers and pastors in particular, but the church as a whole to become much more serious about helping to stand for life and helping to end the tragedy of abortion in our culture. Mm -hmm. Pastor Joseph, what does it look like? Like, you know, when I hear you say, um, you know, it appears that we're not serious, that we, you know, kind of are in this uh, almost, I would say, uh, suspended attack mode where it's like we kind of dip into the fight and then dip out of the fight. What does it look like to be um, full throttle as believers and saying the same thing that God says about life? What would that look like for us? Well, you know, I think in part, what it should look like is that every individual and every church should pray and say, Lord, show me what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important for us to understand that when it comes to really praying and seeking God and his will, God always has assignments on the other end of our prayers. But many times we're not listening for the assignment. We say, well, I prayed. (laughs) But the reality is there's always work to be done. And I think of this, for example, you can find many a pregnancy clinic today that are struggling financially because they don't have enough support. Mm -hmm. Yet it may be a community full of churches that some of which don't even know they exist, Mm. don't know where to find them, couldn't refer someone to them if they tried. The fact is one out of every three or four women in our culture have had abortion. So there should be post-abortive Bible studies all over the place. Mm. It's hard to find them anywhere. Yeah. In fact, you ask your average believer, where, what church in your community has a post-abortive Bible study? Probably nobody in your listening audience could tell you. It's mm. that tragic. So the fact is there's a need for us to become so much more aggressive because sadly 
the kingdom of darkness is extremely aggressive in pushing mm-hmm. their side. We need to be more aggressive because our cause is so much more is our is the great cause. The yeah. cause is God's cause. Yeah, you know the the thing we talk about, uh, Pastor Joseph. I'm thinking about the life issue. When you look at it, the spiritual warfare that's taking place. Because when you if you think about this issue, it seems like this should be a no brainer. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> at Christians all over, we should be you know fighting. But it's, could you speak about the spiritual warfare side? Because it's even been politicized so much, even within the church, to where you have uh, uh, Christians who don't want to even touch the issue because they feel like it's a political issue. Mm. That's right. Well, you know, it's it's important for us, I think, to understand that as believers, we should define everything from, from a biblical perspective, mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. That's not being over-spiritual at all. That's reality. Right. God's perspective is the right perspective. It's what's in everyone's best interest to see things from God's point of view. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bible says, you shall not murder, plain and clear and simple. Spiritual warfare, in amongst other things, is largely deception, mm. smoke and mirrors, misleading people, leading people in wrong directions. Mm. The fact is we live in a culture where lots of people say they love Jesus, but they support people that think killing babies is no big deal. Yeah. Come on. And they'll vote for them, they'll support them, and they'll fight tooth and nail for them. And then you have some people, many of which are in church, but they'll say, no, don't mess with Roe v. Wade, <laughs> as if it's a golden calf of an idol, which it is. It's become a golden calf and an idol in our culture. But the sad reality is the Bible said a long time ago, you shall not murder. And we even have on our books, it's against the law to murder. Mm -hmm. But somehow or another, there's so much deception in our culture that if we change the word murder to terms like abortion or a woman's right to choose, somehow or another, for some people, it becomes okay. So now, sadly, we live in a nation full of murderers, Mm. and yet it's okay. Wow. So there's a need for the church to allow for us to repent, ask God to forgive us, and help us to rise up and to really begin to address this from God's heart. These books, you said that you use them and you see them as discipleships, discipleship tools and, uh, and for pastors and for just um, members. And I'm thinking, you know, you, you have someone who was just elected in Atlanta, in Georgia, you know, who says he's a pastor, but he is pro-choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do we even like how is that even possible or like how do we even begin to tackle this issue when you have some pastors who are going down that road? What's the hope for the congregations and the, and, and, and the uh, people within the pews? Well, I, I think the, the best way to respond to that is our hope is always in Jesus and in his word Amen. as we boldly preach and teach it. Because mm-hmm. the fact is, you know, you take that individual. I, I hope he's saved. I don't know if he's saved or mm-hmm. not. But the fact is, he desperately needs discipleship. Yeah. I mean, pastor, yeah. no pastor. And he's not by himself. There are lots yeah. of there are pastors. There are lots of bishops who they're not following the word of God. They're following their culture. They're following their political party. But mm-hmm. somehow or another, they're ignoring the word of God, which is very clear. Mm-hmm. You shall not murder. And it's sad to think of how that spiritual leaders dance around the word of God mm-hmm. because of their political commitments. And so the reality is God's word is clear. And we're to be, the word of God is our standard, period. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not to water it down. We're not to make excuses for it. It's never inappropriate to look to the word of God as your standard. Mm -hmm. Yet for many people, they say, well, in our culture, this, or in our community, this. No, what does the word of God say? Mm -hmm. That's the question we should always ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to double back to, excuse me, 
the observation that Will just made, Pastor Joseph, because I think when you have this particular pastor that we're talking about, and of course we've written and, and talked about other instances where you have people who um, we're supposed to trust because they say that they are pastors or they have reverend in front of their name. Um, but then they say things like, you know, I support a woman's right to choose. I do not want her to choose murder, but I think that is a choice that she is supposed to make. What is it that they have ignored um, about the word of God when applied to that type of defense? Because that is something that we will increasingly hear, right? Like I don't, I don't think that baby should be murdered. Um, but I don't think it's my responsibility. For example, um, Raphael Warnock said, um, that the government is too big to be in the um, hospital room with a woman and her doctor. I'm paraphrasing him there, but that is the example that he used. He said that the hospital room is too small to fit a woman, her doctor, and the government. So the government should not be telling a woman what kind of decisions she needs to make in a hospital room. Um, and again, coming from a pastor. So what what is our response to that? Well, one response would be God is never too big to be in that hospital room. Right. And what he says <laughs> it what is what should go, and it's in everyone's best That's interest. Good. Mm-hmm. I think of the reality of many a, many a woman, and I think of in my in my forty five years as a pastor, many a woman uh, may come across that path who thought that having this baby was just the end of the world, and yet that same woman after she bears the child, she's thinking to herself. I don't know. I can't conceive what life would be like without my precious little girl or my little boy, because mm-hmm. they, she comes to realize life is precious. But that same woman who maybe went down the road to abortion is dealing with nightmares or depression because she did take the life of her own child. And many of people are dealing with lots of spiritual and mental and emotional problems because they've they've disobeyed the word of God and they're dealing with the consequences taking the life of another human being. Mm. Again, it's always wrong, and there's ne- there's not a right way to do wrong. Mm, that's good. There's not a right way <laughs> to do wrong. And, boy, doesn't it seem like that's what our culture is attempting to do, to, to try to present right ways to do what's wrong or, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, humane ways to do what is inhumane. Yeah, I mean, it's just right. it really flies in the face of any type of logic. But I think bigger than that is the point that you're making Pastor Joseph, is that it is antithetical to what we believe as Christians, um, Bible-believing Christians. And that's what your book really calls the church to, to return to a biblical defense for life, correct? Tell us what we will find in the book. Well, again, articles that deal with, and I guess I would emphasize the word bold, because Mm -hmm. the fact is, often when it comes to the church, we find leadership that will, sometimes they'll stand on the word, but they do it timidly. (laughs) <laughs> we need to boldly stand on the word of God because it's Amen. the answer for everybody. Yet if you timidly offer your answer and you have someone offering a wicked answer boldly, again, sometimes the bold, the boldest one will shout the other one down. Mm-hmm. But we have the answer, the word of God, which is always, as I said, in everybody's best interest. God's word always blesses 100% mm-hmm. of the time. And so if we follow it, it brings blessing to everyone involved. And so, uh, for example, I think of this that, one of the one of the articles is about I, I deal with the Dear Parent Letter. It's a wonderful tool that the Justice Foundation, um, a Christian legal ministry, out of Texas produced. And basically, it's a letter that explains that if a woman wants to keep her baby, 
it's against the law for a parent or a boyfriend or a husband to coerce her to get an abortion. Mm. Lots of people don't know that's the law, and that's the law in all 50 states. And I think of an instance where some years ago after we started really sharing the letter, I got a phone call right here in my office here in little Tupelo, Mississippi, mm -hmm. from a 17-year-old girl in New York City. Now, how mm -hmm. she found us way down here was just the grace of God. But she said, my parents are scheduled to me to get an abortion tomorrow. I want to keep my baby. Can you help me? Hmm. Well, all I did was I emailed her the letter and, of course, prayed with her. Next day, didn't hear from her right away, so out of concern, called her. And when I called, she was at the abortion clinic with her mother. Her dad and mom were complicit. They wanted this baby aborted. But she had the letter I sent her in her hand, but she hadn't shown it to her mom. I said, please show your mom the letter. Well, later in the day, we did hear from her. Uh, the abortion workers knew we cannot do this abortion because the mother doesn't want. Now, mom wasn't happy, but they didn't do an abortion on this young lady. They did do an ultrasound. They found out this young lady was carrying twins. Mm. Well, the Holy Spirit used the letter to save not just one baby, but two babies. Mm -hmm. Well, the fact is, any believer listening right now could download that letter and take it to your local high school, middle school, local police station. Even the police don't know the law in many instances as it relates to issues like this. So helping to spread the word about an issue like that is actually much bigger than most people realize because many people don't realize how many coerced abortions there are in our culture right now every day as we speak. So that's just one thing. And also, I think of this too. Uh, many a church could easily decide, well, we're going to put the local pregnancy clinic in our budget. We're going to put together, mm. uh, we're going to send baby items and baby clothes, and we're going to raise money for them. We're going to send volunteers, things that any one of us can do individually or churches can do to really get in the fight. Amen. But there are many a church that, again, many of them couldn't find the local pregnancy clinic if their life depended on it. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. so knowing things like that and finding out what we can do is mm. an important part of our responsibility. You know, I often, and we've talked about this, uh, think about the church during the time, you know, uh, of slavery, you know, when there were pastors who would bring slaves in to the churches. I'm thinking mm -hmm. about Henry Ward Beecher, I believe mm -hmm. it was. You know, he would preach a sermon and he, and talk about setting captives free and all. And he would say, now, church, what are we going to do? And mm -hmm. you would have the, the members, you know, giving uh, their jewelry and money and stuff like that to purchase mm -hmm. uh, yeah. these these slaves. And mm -hmm. that's in the DNA of, of the church. That's you know, fine. even further back than that, you know, during the Roman Empire, you know, uh, the Christians would collect these babies who were unwanted, yes. mm -hmm. you yes. know, and adopt them and bring them into Christian homes. And so that's part of who we are. So as churches, we can have mission funds and different things for all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, why not, you know, for helping uh, uh, support life? You know, that's a mission. That's a that's mission right. even, even today, a big mission. We should, that should be a part of our heart. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure our listeners know that the book is A Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly mm -hmm. for Life. And you can go to afastore.net to get a copy of that book, afastore.net, and get a copy of it. Be the place that you start that really kind of sparks in you this uh, passion and this strong conviction for standing on the Lord's side mm -hmm. as it pertains to life. I mean, that's where we want to be. We want to be on the Lord's side. You know, there's so much talk 
um, and it's empty talk about being on the right side of history and all of these things. But you are guaranteed to be on the right side when you're standing on the Lord's side. So let this be the spark for you. Um, again, you can go to afastore.net, afastore.net, the book, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life. Pastor Joseph Parker uh, returns with us on the other side of the break. Stay close. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It won't work, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It won't work, say no Fred. Welcome back. Um, I do. <clears throat> Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Fred Hammond with No Weapon. And uh, Sherry B is over in Studio CC. In just a couple of minutes, we'll open the phone lines and have a discussion around the issue, the question of life and how our churches can do a better job in telling the truth of what the Word of God says. And then also field some questions on intercession. This is what Pastor Joseph does, by the way. Pastor <laughs> Joseph Parker is our guest today. He is the AFA Director of Intercession and Outreach and also the host of the Hour of Intercession, which mm -hmm. is blessing so many people, so many people, <laughs> yes. I'm telling you. And so anyway, I want to encourage our listeners to check that out and be encouraged and also um, go to afastore.net, afastore.net, to check out the book, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life. want to make a shift here, though, Pastor Joseph. Let's talk about intercession. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you'd written a book on intercession. It's called The Intercession Chronicles. Tell us about that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it's a book that um, I wrote. It's, it's a fiction uh, novel, but at the same time, I see it as a very serious tool I had fun doing it, but at the same time, I know it, it clearly is a part of what I, I know the Lord has called me to do, to teach believers how to grow up in their faith. And so the title is The Intercession Chronicles. It's a, a work of fiction, but specifically one of its goals is it's to teach believers how to pray and that prayer is so critical to everything. You know, I think of what one minister once said. He said, when we when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. Mm -hmm. And it's so helpful for us to understand that the wisest people in the world will pray a lot because the reality is the hand of God is available to all of us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and as we pray, the hand of God moves. Now, keep in mind, it's important for us to understand when we pray, we're not making God do what we want because prayer is not a blank check. Yeah. Prayers to be according to the Word of God. It's God working through us to bring about His will, mm -hmm. birthing His will through the prayers of His people. And so, again, it's a work of fiction, but at the same time, it's a fun book, mm -hmm. but it's also a prayer guide that can help and encourage believers to really make prayer a much greater priority in their lives. Mm. Man, this is, you know, I, I want to say this. I don't know how much we've talked about this, but over the years, Pastor Joseph, um, you have been such an encouragement and a challenge to our family. In fact, um, many years ago when our kids, I want to say Mariah was three years old, maybe two and a half, three years old. Um, we started teaching them to memorize scripture because of your encouragement that we should do that. Right. And oh, I think the first God. scripture, <laughs> no, it's so true. I'm telling you, like we just, <laughs> you know, um, it was a very strong encouragement. And even as they began reading, you would say to us, have them read the Bible aloud, have them read the word of God out loud. And we did that. And I don't, I can't tell you 
if that has made a difference because it's all we know. You know what I mean? So the, so the way that their character is shaped, the way they discuss what's going on in the world around them, the way they um, read the word even now, I, I would assume that there may have been a difference if we had not taken heed to your encouragement. But to teach them not only to read for the sake of reading, but I remember you saying we want our kids to learn how to read so they can read the word of God. So have your kids read out loud. And I remember mm-hmm. years ago you saying in the beginning, it's going to be a little clunky, like they're going to they're not going to read perfectly. But there's no better way than to have them start reading the word. And that's what we did. And now mm-hmm. I look at them. Anyways, and I cannot imagine if they did not trust the word of God or if they were not able mm-hmm. to read the word of God fluidly and 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 really be taught by the word of God. So I want to say that everything that we're talking about today, um, it's not just talk that we have applied it to our life. And we I again, I can't say we see a difference in our kids because that's all we know. We started really mm-hmm. young with them. And um, I would say that to any parent, any grandparent, you've got young kids, young grandkids. Um, encourage them not only to read, but to read the word of God. Having said all of that. And, and let me just say this too, yeah. concerning prayer, something else that Pastor Joseph uh, gave as an encouragement is for, to let the children pr- uh, pray. Yes. God hears those prayers. <laughs> you know, yes, it's not, that's right. they're not just like, oh, that's so cute. No, God hears those prayers. And, and so that was mm-hmm. also an encouragement from Pastor Joseph that, man, you know, mm-hmm. your children can pray. They profess to know the Lord as Jesus as, as a savior. And and pray. Let let them pray. Don't mm-hmm. don't hold them back. You know from from praying. God hears those prayers. I want to. Oh, go ahead, Pastor Joseph. I was just going to say. You know, a very helpful truth. And and praise God just for how that the Lord has kind of helped you all along to be encouraged to really do that. The fact is, any believer that doesn't read and meditate on the Word of God daily, they don't know what they're missing. They're missing mm-hmm. out on so much because the Word of God is your microphone to the Creator of the universe, and God will talk to you as much <laughs> as you listen. And the fact is, too, the reading of God's word is a form of prayer. It's a form of communing and spending time with God. So, yes, reading and meditating on God's word is a kind of prayer, too. And the fact is, when God talks to us through his word, he's not just sharing information. He's pouring grace, peace, power, joy, and strength in your mind and your heart. Everybody needs that. Amen. And so it's so wise for us to do it ourselves, to teach and train our children to do it. And we should be flaming evangelists telling everybody else to do it, too, mm-hmm. <laughs> because they don't know Amen. what they're missing when they don't. So. I want to do two things. I want to queue up some calls for any of our listeners who may have questions about intercession, about prayer, the word of God, about what it means to defend and to stand boldly uh, in defense of life. Uh, you can call and talk to us. 888-589-8840. The number is 888-589-8840. And while we get those calls queued up. I want to ask Pastor Joseph the question, Will, that I asked you mm-hmm. um, in the first segment of the show. When we talk about prayer and, man, the way you describe prayer, I, I mean, it just it, it really does when you listen. It makes one feel as if one really doesn't understand what prayer is, else we'd pray more. Right. So my question is this. Why do you think there is such a deficit as it pertains to prayer and the Christian? <laughs> well, a number of reasons, but one huge one is of all the things that the devil will battle against in your life, your prayer life and your time in the word of God are two of the things he will fight most fiercely mm. because mm. he realizes that uh, the word of God is the one weapon that he cannot defeat. 
And the reality is this, that the more we spend time in the Word of God, the more powerful in Christ we become. Mm -hmm. And the fact is he can mislead and misguide people, but if someone's rooted in the Word, his ability to mislead becomes less and less. Mm, And so also I think of this too, that like as we pray, prayer builds us up and, and nourishes us in all the things of God as well. And so... He will fight our prayer life and our time in the Word more fiercely than almost anything else. So that's wow. why if some, you know, like if you think, well, when you, when a person sits down to watch garbage on TV, they can do it easily. <laughs> well, was, Come on. The devil no, sitting watching no with interruption. Him. Come on. Man. The devil, he'll sit and watch it with you. But oh, the moment you sit, get up to read the Word of God, he may send a dozen demons to distract mm. you, to Man. shake you, to tell you, call your friend that'll talk to you about nothing for an hour. Oh, All come sorts on. of distractions. <laughs> right. Because he doesn't want you in the Word of God because he's afraid of believers that are full of the Word and full of the Spirit of God. Mm, and, you know, and I'll, I'll say this, the phone lines are lit, by the way, so we'll go to the phone lines. But I think it's it's just so appropriate to make the observation to the point that you're making, Pastor Joseph, that when you look at our Lord, right, who when the enemy came to him to tempt him, that he responds with the word of God of mm-hmm. all the responses that could have been given the way he, you know, but it was the word of God. It is written. It is written. And if that alone is not sort of a defense or a support for Mm -hmm. the use and the application of scripture as we pray. I don't know what is. That's right. That's right. Powerful example. You're exactly right. All right. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Um, 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Jim in Mississippi. Hi, Jim. Hello. Hello. Joseph, uh, you and I have uh, some history. Okay. Uh, about 20 years ago, you used to be on late night, uh, overnight uh, programming, mm-hmm. and uh, I called you probably a few times, probably more times than you cared for me to call you, and mm-hmm. I'd bring up about the preamble of the Constitution and that we were referencing that enough, mm-hmm. and especially as it pertains to abortion. Yes, sir. Right now... Abraham Hamilton is the only one that I know of that frequently references the preamble, and I find that to be odd that he is the only one that does that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to hear your voice again, uh, Jim, wherever home is. But uh, I would say that uh, I, I would I would say we start with the Word of God. Amen. But of course, the Constitution, as it re- as it lines up with the Word, is a wonderful tool to use uh, along with God's Word as well. So, great. Yeah, point. I, the Word of God is eternal, and I think it's great for us to um, to use the other tools that we have, but they should be subsequent to the Word of God. And in fact, I think that's ultimately the point that we're making: mm-hmm. that the reason we stand to defend and protect life is because the Word of God predates any of our. Uh, any of the constitution of the preamble and all, and I, this is not to downplay that, but this is to say that there is power in the word of God Amen. and every faithful Christian must stand on the word of God. And look, well, okay. Anyways, <laughs> let's go back to the phone lines. All right. Let's go to Matthew in Oklahoma. Hi, Matthew. Hey, Will. Hello. And Mickey and pastor Joseph. Thank you all so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question was, and, uh, I've been listening to your, your advice, so I'm taking it in. My question is, uh, is there anything specific that you recommend that we pray for our kids? I feel like the Lord tells me different things about my kids, and so and I just pray that the Lord would continue to you know, show me what I need to, to pray about. But is there anything else uh, 
that, that you advise me to, to, to pray about? Mm-hmm. Wonderful question. Pastor Joseph? Well, one uh, quick thing that comes to my mind is as it relates to praying for your children. And now, if, if they're small children at home, I would encourage, and it relates to what Mickey said, have them to start to read the word out loud to you. Because again, yes, reading the word is a form of prayer, it's a form of communing with God. And when God speaks to them through the word, he's touching every part of their being and he's ministering to them. Our kids need to be touched by the powerful word of God, Hmm. but also teach them to pray the Ten Commandments every day. Now, that may sound elementary and simple, but it's huge because the Ten Commandments summarized all of the wisdom of God and the (laughs) word of God. And it's a great tool. It's a teaching uh, tool God has put put in the word. So those two things by themselves, just like, again, three chapters a day is what I recommend a believer to read. And sometimes, sometimes when a believer hears that, they think, well, that's so much. No, it's not. (laughs) You can read your average three chapters in about 15 minutes. But Mm -hmm. nothing will bless your life more than God's Word. So do that. But have your kids to read out loud. And even if they start off slow, let them read because after a while, it's going to get to them Mm -hmm. in a wonderful Mm -hmm. way. And Mm -hmm. There's nothing our children need more than God's word. All right. Can I add something to that? I just want to say, um, in addition to what Pastor Joseph is saying, our brother Matthew said something that I think is important for him, even in his own life, not to gloss over that the Lord is showing him things about his kids, that he can pray in accordance to what God is showing or in accordance with what God is showing him about his kids. Man, the Lord has entrusted us with our children, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. we have an incredible responsibility to pray that he will lead us so that we can lead them, mm-hmm. right? right? That he's designed them in a certain way and he will reveal that to us. So we pray that they live and that they follow the Lord, right? Like I, I just, I think, well, anyway, I'll save this example for another time because I don't want to squeeze another call. But I just want to say that to our brother Matthew, um, when the Lord is leading you and prompting you about things that you're seeing in your children, pray uh, in accordance with that. Pray regarding those things as Amen. well. Um, well, the great. Where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Becky in Louisiana. Hi, Becky. Hi. I'm so glad to get on with you guys and Pastor Joseph. You get me through so many so many days, so many times, mm-hmm. so many things. Thank you, to Pastor Joseph. Um, would you give us a address or a place to go to get that letter so I can hand it out to some girls and they can post it? Justicefoundation.org is one place, or you can just email us. Uh, my email is jparker at afa.net. I can send it to you, or the justicefoundation.org. Just pull it off their website. It's a wonderful tool oh, to use. Right. Mm-hmm. Very and good. Thank you very much. All thank right. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's try to squeeze in one more call. Will the Great, where do we go? All right. Let's see. Let's go to Anthony in Mississippi. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Will, Nikki, and Pastor Parker. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I called y'all. Hey. <laughs> Brother yeah. Anthony. Made, you made a statement about what the church could do. One thing I believe is very important, and I'm quite sure all three of you would agree, is that the ones that have been called to share God's word with the flock is just to preach the unadulterated word of God Mm -hmm. and let the Holy Spirit do the work in the individual, but live a life that show forth to the people 
that your faith, your trust, your hope is in the Lord. Amen. Amen. And I just want to pass that along. Uh, I have kind of held back on calling and talking with y'all because I lost my wife last year. So oh. oh, I didn't know that. Well, sorry to yeah, hear that, brother. COVID, COVID mm. is real and it, it is dangerous. And I wish people would just tell people take precautions because you never know mm. what it can do to you or devastate your family. But I'm I'm trusting the Lord. To oh, Brother continue. Anthony, I am so sorry that we are man. out of time. Um, man, we love you and our condolences to you and your yes. family. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.